Welcome to the Seasoned Athlete Podcast, your home for stories, inspiration, and advice from athletes over 40. I'm your host, Robin Leggett. I'm a later-in-life athlete who became a roller derby skater in my 30s and a runner and obstacle racer in my 40s. Now, I'm an athletic aging coach who helps women over 40 experience the massive life benefits that come with exploring your athletic potential at any age and any fitness background. If that fires you up, keep listening. Let's do this. Question for you, seasoned athletes. When did we stop playing? We spend a lot of time around here talking about sports and athletics and going after competitive goals and challenges and all that stuff. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about play. Free, fun, unstructured play. I'm talking about the stuff you did at recess when you were in elementary school. I'm talking about playing games. I'm talking about play play. For some reason, we just stop playing when we become adults. And who says we have to do that? If play is enriching for kids, why wouldn't it be for adults? The power of play is what today's episode is all about. And if I'm going to talk about play, the person to talk to about it is the play lady herself, Pat Rumbaugh. Pat Rumbaugh was a physical education teacher and she coached children's sports for 30 years. From this experience, she learned that everyone can benefit from unstructured play. In her new identity as the Play Lady, she has conducted over 130 play events since founding a play committee in 2009. The play committee led to the development of the nonprofit called Let's Play America that targets people of all ages, abilities, and backgrounds with play days, streets closed to play, and other play events. Pat is going to be a featured speaker on the subject of play at the Free to Play Summit taking place July 12th through 16th. You can find out more about that at fairydeskteaching.com. And now let's discover how you can bring more play into your life with the play lady, Pat Rumbaugh. Hi, Pat. Are you ready to drop some seasoned athlete knowledge on our listeners today? Absolutely. I love to hear it. So you are Pat Rumbaugh. You are also known as the Play Lady. You've conducted over 130 play events since 2009. You have a nonprofit called Let's Play America, which targets people of all ages, abilities, and backgrounds with play days, streets closed play, and other play events. And I love this topic for so many reasons, but most importantly, because I really want to get into the concept of the power and benefits of play as we age, which I think is something that uh, we forget about <laughs> after a certain age. And I think women in particular tend to forget about it. And I think you definitely can speak to why it's important to implement this in our lives because you are the play lady. So Pat, I want to start by asking the question I ask all my guests, and that is, what is your age at this moment in time? I'm 62 years young. 62 years young. I get people periodically that say years young, but I love that. And and play is keeping you young, correct? Oh, 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 yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So um, I want to go back in time a little bit and get a little background on, on how you grew up and ended up where you're at today. So what did your early athletic life look like? Did you play sports growing up? Well, uh, I played outside and I did play sports, but I did not have the opportunity to play on a team until I was in 10th grade in high school. Uh, prior to that, it was a lot of pickup 
football, basketball, made up games, bike riding, racing, jumping, uh, climbing. That was my childhood. Like the funny thing was I didn't identify as an athlete for most of my life. And yet if I look back, that's what my childhood looked like. I roller skated in my neighborhood. I rode bikes. I climbed on play structures. I did a lot of free form pickup games with the neighbor kids. And so it sounds like we had very similar upbringings. I just didn't, I didn't end up getting into organized sports at all until I was, you know, until much later in life. But it's interesting to look back and be like, you know, oh yeah, I was doing athletic things. I was living an athletic lifestyle, even if you didn't realize that, right? Right. Yeah. And so play has always been a part of your life, even if you weren't thinking about it. How did play become such a big part of your life that it is now where it's, it's sort of your whole mission? How did, how did you transition into that? I would say that I observed, uh, so I was a teacher, physical education teacher and coach for years at the Washington International School. And I have two children, grown children. Uh, and I observed that um, children really, if they found an activity they loved, it didn't have to be a sport. I'm talking an activity. Uh, they and they had the opportunity to play it, they uh, would want to continue. It, you know, they, it was fun and lots of times it was something they wanted to do with friends. Now, of course, there's a chunk of people that it, it's competitive. They get, they get to play a sport and they want to move up in the sport that my children were that way. My son's still a baseball coach and he played pretty high-level baseball. My, my daughter played high-level soccer and they both, um, still or active today. Um, and same with myself, uh, discovered tennis in college and, and uh, competed till recently, but I had shoulder surgery a year ago and now I'm back to playing. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, so I noticed that, uh, that if you found something you enjoyed, but then I also noticed simultaneously, Robin, that uh, you were either playing a sport six days a week or an activity, uh, or you were not doing anything. You were maybe home on, on electronics. Uh, and so I said, something's happening. So I started researching it and I discovered it since the 1980s, children have lost eight to 10 hours of free playtime a week. Hmm. And, um, and because of that, I said, you know, I need to do something about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, looking back, I'm a child of the 80s. So I grew up in the 80s. And, you know, back when I grew up, I guess I'm just trying to look back, but I, you know, we, it was the era, especially the early 80s of go play outside. Like kids yes. would go play outside until dark and then you come back in. But it was also the era where video games became a part of our everyday life um, yes. and, and TV after school and things like that. So I could see sort of the decay of play, as you said, where it's like, yes it was a normal part of life. And then as the decade progressed and, and the eighties became the nineties, kids were playing less and less. And yeah. to the point where unless, you know, and currently now I think modern, at least for kids, it's a lot of structured activities. Like you do dance class, you do your sport, but there's not a lot of unstructured play anymore. Why do yeah. you think that is, what do you think contributes to that? And what are you looking to change? Uh, well, a couple of con things that contributed to that. The media 
didn't mean to, I think, make this happen, but it made it happen. So if one child was abducted, oh my goodness, that blew up all over the place and it made front page news. And um, actually it's been declining of children being abducted since uh, the 60s, 70s. It's, that's something that has gone down. But uh, so parents have become more, uh, oh, we got to know where our children are at all times. Plus people have had smaller families. So they were keeping track of their children more. Uh, and, and then if you had the funds you, and your neighbors were doing it, your friends were doing it, you, real, you thought you had to sign your child up for an adult led activity. Uh, whether it be a sport or an activity, and it wasn't always necessarily a physical activity. It could be arts or music or, or something, and or or robotics, you know. Uh, and uh, and what happened was we lost that free play, like you and I just went out to play with kids of all ages. And uh, but the pandemic that came back. That came back in areas where families felt fairly safe that they could let their children play with maybe just some neighbor children. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it depended on, on the parents. Um, but I know in my neighborhood, you saw kids bike riding more and, and rollerblading and roller skating and, and scootering and playing hide and go seek. And you, you didn't see that as much before. Yeah. Now, um, I, I'm concerned. I hope that people don't jump back into signing up for a, an adult-led activity every day because, uh, frankly, I don't think you need it. I think you need time to be able to just totally relax and have your choice of play. And, and that's a very wide range. That could be reading a book that you enjoy or, or a comic book, um, or, or it could be writing in your journal. At, at the same time, you and I both really understand and get what it does for us when we physically move. And that's why coming from a physical educator's background, say, say to people, you need to think about your body. You're going to feel so much better if you regularly get physical activity. I don't like to call it exercise or going to the gym. I like to call it activity that you enjoy. Well, yeah, that just sounds better. I think people have like a negative connotation with exercise, which, which you know, you and I know doesn't need to be the case, but that's just how it is. And yeah. so, yeah, reframing it as, you know, positive or uh, physical activity that you enjoy, you know, exercise is just sort of a thing that's happening. Yes. <laughs> you don't realize, but, you know, you make an interesting point about the pandemic because we had the loss of structured adult led activities. So families had to find different ways to get out, get moving, get, get that positive physical activity. Um, and so, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens when the world opens up again and what, what people might've learned from this experience in regards to, you know, what, what their needs are, the positive benefits of free play that, you know, wasn't happening before, but maybe, maybe we'll see some change. Who knows? I so, hope so. <laughs> I, yeah. So, I would love to segue into play for adults because of course a big concern for parents is, you know, physical activity or hobbies or, you know, play for kids. But I think something that gets lost and it doesn't matter if there's a pandemic or not, this is pre pandemic type stuff, but something that gets lost is the benefits of 
joyful physical activity or hobbies, um, things that bring you joy, free play for adults. So tell me um, how how you've incorporated this or how you've introduced this for adults and the benefits that you've seen adults experience, especially, you know, at midlife and aging adults, the benefits you've seen them experience when they incorporate play for themselves. I'm, I'm going to tell you all of that, but I'm even going to jump ahead and tell you my lifetime goal okay. from now on is is to reach as many adults as possible to say, you deserve to play and you need to play. Because could you imagine if we, if everybody said, oh, so my play time is X or or on, on Tuesday and Friday, I do Y and, you know, the weekends I do this. Uh, But every single day you gave yourself time for you and, it could be walking with a friend. It could be going to games night, which I really miss. I, speaking of uh, our super seniors, for over 10 years, I would go to intergenerational games night at, at an apartment building uh, a few blocks from my house. And I would play different card games and board games with people as old as 95. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, um, and uh, what's wonderful that made it intergenerational is teens could get community service for going for those two hours on Tuesday nights. They would help bring out the games and they would play with these super seniors and then help put things away. And and it just would be so much fun to have people of different ages playing together and we'd cell phones would be put away and you would sit look over and there'd be some two people playing chess and then there were the bridge players and and there was rummy cue the rummy cube players and the and and the spanish group <laughs> that played together and it just uh i really miss it um now i i play at home with uh my husband and son um we're all poker players uh, <laughs> our, our son is way more than we are but anyway um you know during the pandemic you couldn't go to a lot of places so what did we do? We played played cards at home. Yeah. Uh, other things we've done, though. Oh, Robin. Uh, so at the very first play day we had, September 2009, people started saying to me, Pat, how about an adult play day? And, you know, I'm thinking, oh, where could we hold it? You know that they would maybe like a beverage that you don't serve at the community center. <laughs> And about eight years ago, I was at our VFW. Do, do you know what that stands for? The Veterans of War. Um, uh, uh, anyway, uh, a place where um, adults go yeah. and they have a really great outside picnic area. And I was there with a friend. And um, next thing you know, the, the manager comes up to me, Kiki, and says, all right, play lady. When do you want your adult play day? <laughs> and I said, oh, wow. Um, I said, but what would it cost us? She said, oh, as long as they buy the beverages here, it doesn't cost you anything. <laughs> so uh, last June, June 2020, would have been our seventh annual play day, mm. uh, adult play day. But we were in, what do we do? We knew we couldn't do it in person and we weren't quite ready for virtual. But then we we started holding and when September and February, we had two virtual play days and this June, June 5th. So if people hear this 
podcast before June 5th, they could go to our website, letsplayamerica.org and sign up for free to play all five or one of five play activities for the adult virtual adult play day. And, um, and we get people in their 20s all the way up to their 90s that, that would join in. Uh, I can even tell you the five activities we have planned. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. What are, the, what are the activities? We're gonna start out with a, a 21-year-old. Lila will be performing from New Orleans. She is my 94-year-old friend's granddaughter and she has a wonderful voice. She writes music and is studying music. And that'll be for a half hour. And then Shawanda, our mud pie lady, Shawanda Oliver is going to have Let's Boogie. And she's going to teach you how to dance, um, you know, to do the jitterbug and other types of fun dances. Um, And then we have, this is really special, since the very first play day, our congressman, Congressman Raskin, leads Simon Says. You can can play Simon Says with a a congressman. Yeah. (laughs) And and this this is Simon Says for adults led by a congressman. Yes. Yes. And then, um, so I've been attending this U.S. Play Coalition conference. I've gone for years. It changed my life when I first went in 2011. And uh, basically, um, it's a virtual conference this year. So I um, watched a presentation called Crazy Games. Dr. Winnie Play, guess where she's from? Hong Kong. And Dr. Robinson from South Carolina led Crazy Games. And she's basically led these games that you can play at home uh, virtually. And I had so much fun. I contacted them. Next thing you know, they said, hey, we'd be glad to lead crazy games. So um, you can play with Dr. Play from Hong Kong. And then our (laughs) last activity, this remarkable, amazing couple, Anna and Jay Keller, are going to lead comedy half hour. And, And that'll be it. Uh, but uh, the two other virtual play days, we had more activities, um, but the, we decided let's let's focus on these five and, um, you know, a uh, hundred people can sign up for each one. Uh, so we, we hope to max out at 500 people playing. That's so cool. And yeah. I like it. it's kind of less is more. So it's, you know, really honing in on five distinct activities. Is well, we upped it second time around. Um, and because something that from the very first play day, except for adult play days, uh, teens could sign up to volunteer and they would receive community service. Because uh, I don't know if you've heard about this where you live, but where we live, teens need to do community service so many hours to graduate. Right. And I, I love working with teens. That's who I taught for years. And and they, they really are great helpers and players. Uh, so when it came time to have virtual play days, uh, we're like, well, how could they help? And we said, well, they have to participate in every activity and then they have to fill out a survey. So the good thing is we got a lot of data and information, feedback from them, but this is the adult play day. And we also want to record it. We weren't allowed to record the other two. So this will just be people 18 and older that are adults and, um, you know, if they have a beverage at home and have their orange juice or whatever. Yeah. You can have whatever you want. Cause you're yeah. at home. Yeah. yeah. 
but I like how, I like how the, all the activities are really different. Some are more physical, some yeah. are more, you know, you're just enjoying some entertainment. Um, oh, yeah. so it kind of hits people wherever, whatever lights them up. Um, yeah. and they think it is fun. Yeah. So, um, tell me about like the benefits you've seen or the feedback you've received from adults who have participated in play days like this. Oh, oh, it's remarkable. So um, I'm just going to think back to some of our adult play days that were in person. And um, we, we usually bring our giant chess set and our hula hoops, but I would call the last one in person. Um, the double Dutch ladies came oh. and, and, you know, a lot of people, oh no, there's no way. And then we'd get them to try it a little and they're so good at teaching. So some some people literally in their 60s were doing double Dutch, uh, maybe even older. Uh, and we have these weighted hula hoops, Robin, that some people think they could never hula hoop. But as soon as you try a weighted one, all of a sudden you can do it. And yeah. some you have to say after 10, 15 minutes, you might want to stop. <laughs> Your back's going to feel it tomorrow. Um, but then, you know, you, you make an interesting point about, you know, discovering your ability to do something you didn't think you could do. Yes. How, what that does for a person, because that's, that's sort of an area where I work, where it's like, I help people do things physically and athletically that they never believed they could ever do or never saw themselves doing. Or I like to say, younger you would be shocked that you're doing this now. And, yes. you know, and you, and so you're seeing that with the double Dutch, which I took a double Dutch class several years ago. Um, at a, I, I used to play roller derby and I would go to a roller derby convention every year. And somebody decided to teach a double Dutch class just out of the wow. blue. And it was a very popular class and it was so fun, whether we were good at it or not, you know, yeah. we were smiling the whole time and we were surprising ourselves at what we were actually able to do. And there's yeah. something that happens in a person. And I think with women in particular, because we, we keep ourselves small, we're trained to keep ourselves small all the time. Yeah. There's something that happens when you, when you find yourself doing something that you didn't think you could do. Oh, um, we bring out the bocce and the cornhole and, um, there may be some that know the activity, but some that have never seen it before. And so you're right. There's always people learning from others and experiencing that wow moment, mm -hmm. that wow that I was able to toss that corn bag and put it on the board or put it in the hole, you know, right? and they're, just, they're overjoyed. And then the next time they see me, Pat, did you see me? Oh yeah. Yeah. I saw you toss it. <laughs> <laughs> You're good at it now. Yeah. That's right. Oh yeah. Um, uh, so a uh, whole variety. Oh, and we, um, I, so I ordered something like 2000 let's play America balloons a couple of years ago. And, and we had a really warm adult play day a couple of years ago. So I said, oh, well, let me fill up some balloons and we'll have water balloon toss. <laughs> Those, they would not break. Oh no. Was, like you probably was, had to go into a whole water balloon fight to make it break. Oh yeah, that's what we started throwing them at the cement and trying. Yeah. Yeah, who can break a balloon because they wouldn't break? Oh. But how but I bet there was a lot of laughter around that. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. I, I get razzed about that. You know, like Pat, do you still have the balloons with water? <laughs> yeah. And oh. you know, I imagine like people might show up to this type of thing, especially the in-person ones, or maybe the online ones as well, where they might feel a little reserved. Yes. Where they are kind of reserved when they show up and then loosen up and, and relax as the day goes on. 
Yes. So the play angels, I would call, I call, refer to all these volunteers that have helped us out for years and it just keeps growing. Uh, they help people relax. And I, I try to model that. And I, and I think um, that that rubs off on the, on the play angels. And we, we basically, Robin, if you came for the first time, you know, one of us would come up to you and, and invite you to play. And oh, we, one, one time we brought in a guy to teach us line dancing. And, and that was just super fun. This so and, sounds like my uh, type of thing, by the way. I love line dancing. I love double dutch. I love, oh, yeah. I love we, learning something new and, and doing it with other people. Like, that's, yes. I love that. One, one year people really wanted to play some of the card games. So we made sure we had tables for people to be able to play. Um, and pe some people learned to, the car new card games. Have you ever played the game uh, Kings in the Corner? I have not. Oh, you'll, you'll have to Google it. It's one of the easiest games to learn. And so you don't need to be that high level in math or anything like for bridge or something. And, and basically two to four people play it, but um, people pick it up quickly and, um, and it's just, just fun. Yeah. Uh, so it, I, I, I would say that for um, adults and I'm talking in their twenties all the way up to Someone, I, I have not met someone that's 100, but I know someone 95 and 94. And, and I would say that they find as much enjoyment out of play as children do when they play. They just, their, their society has kind of pushed us to say, you know, you need to work, you need to take care of others. And you're, you know, you're, you're older now, you need to grow up. Well, it uh, really, um, I don't know who came up with that, but I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it either. Yeah, we're, we're meant to keep playing. Yes. we're meant, And it, the quality of life, your quality of life will improve if you subscribe to that philosophy. Oh, absolutely. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So I want to talk about competitive play because you know that's that's sort of a wheelhouse of this podcast it's sort of my wheelhouse and probably a lot of our listeners that you know participate in competitive sports and and really get lit up by that um and you and I had a brief conversation prior to starting this interview about um how 
the highest level of play is when both parties or all parties are enjoying themselves. So looking at competition, one may not think that the highest level of play is possible, but you have something else to say about that. Yes, yeah, so I truly believe that if while you were playing and, and, and you value being 100% a good sport, like there's no way you want a point or there's no way you want to win a race um, uh, uh, unfairly. Right. You, you want to totally play above board and play by the rules. And, and so if you are giving your best, if I can use tennis, because yeah, that's your, that's your thing. Yeah. Easy, easy analogy for me. And I'm playing you, Robin, and I am playing out of my mind. I'm really playing great, but you are playing even better. So what? I appreciate, right. I appreciate that um, you've hit winners that, you know, that you're, you can run me around and I'm, I'm trying my hardest and that's just the way it goes. You know, um, you're not always going to win and that does, and, and you, you shouldn't feel bad about it. Right. If you, if you walked away and know you played your best. And I would say that developed in me over year. I, I coached over 64 teams in my life, soccer, basketball, um, tennis, and then one baseball. My, my son at the age of eight told me I could had to stop coaching because I would bring even the outfielders into the pitcher's mount to talk to them. <laughs> it would just take too long. <laughs> so he just said, mom, they don't do that. <laughs> but um, I, uh, and, and I, um, my master's is in positive talk in sports psychology. And, and really, if you were talking to yourself, if, if I hit the ball in the net, I tell myself, I'm going to hit the next ball over. If I hit the ball out, I tell myself, I'm going to hit the next ball in. And, and the enjoyment you get out of that, because you realize, I didn't mean to do that. No one ever means to hit it out. But um, I, I, I know what I need to do. And I'm just going to keep trying and have fun. And, and I also think it's great to compliment your, your, whoever you're competing against. Uh, uh, why not recognize if if we're we're um you said you participated in roller derby or... yes i did yeah yeah so was that a team activity? It was a team it was a team it's a, a full contact team sport so very intense but yes a team sport um I, being on a team is is so wonderful because you can help your teammates in so many ways and one of the biggest ways you can help them is by giving positive feedback Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and really just being supportive. And um, of course you can do that individually, track, swimming, singles, tennis, et cetera. But it, it's just, it's remarkable by, by just some of the things you say and the, and the attitude that you have that brings out the play and the, the pleasure of it. Yes. Yeah. And it was always really important uh, on my team as we, we supported each other. We paused, you know, lots of high fives, lots of lifting each other up because in the, in the thick of the game, it, you know, especially if you're losing, <laughs> it can be difficult. It can become oh, really yeah. difficult to stay focused. And, oh, yeah. but you know what I, something I loved about roller derby and it's a practice that I believe continues today is that, you know, it is an intense sport. You do get emotional out there. Okay. Um, but at the end of the game, uh, each team presents MVP awards to the other team. 
Oh, wow. So, yeah, that's a, that's a practice that many teams and leagues do in roller derby is at, you know, once the game is over, they'll have a, you know, MP, MVP, offensive player, defensive player, and all around, and they will present those awards to the other team. And so that is an opportunity to recognize your competition and wow. the standout players on your competition and get that recognition from your competition. So, you know, that's a really cool thing. And that's, that's something we, you know, we always had that where we were a league, we played on teams against each other within the league, but at the end of the day, we're friends. We respect good play and yes. we usually would go out and get a drink afterwards, you know, yeah. all together. So, but as an individual, now I'm in, in, in an individual sport and I see this as well, where, you know, when you're trying to compete at the highest level, you want the people you're competing against to also be playing at the highest level because yeah. that elevates you. That makes you a better uh, athlete at the sport you're doing. So for me, okay. you know, I do obstacle racing and running now. And so I always try and find that person who's at my level or a little bit better to really, I use them as a guide to push myself. And, you know, I always, after, after the race, you know, there's always a, you know, good race. You really pushed me. Thank you for that. You know, it, yeah. whether it worked in my favor or didn't work in my favor and it goes both ways, but, but that's, you know, I think in the world of free play and, and this can happen with parents of kids. And now this can happen as adults where there's, there's sort of a negative view of com competitive play. Uh, yeah. where that can have sort of a negative con connotation where there actually are tons of positive benefits of competitive play, like we're talking about right now, where it can, it can elevate you, it can create a level of respect for the people you're competing against. Um, so, you know, I, I'm a big supporter of competitive play. And it sounds like that you see that you see those benefits as well. Oh, oh yeah. Um, I, I would not take anything away from competitive play. Uh, I, I think um, that uh, the only thing that I would like to see is you may not be that skilled in something, but really enjoy it. For Just for example, if you notice guys and gals that love to go play pickup basketball, and they may not have made their high school team, but they, they still want to play basketball. And, uh, and I'm just using, you know, that could be almost any sport, softball, right. you, you name it. And I really would love to see um, the opportunity there for, for anyone that wanted to still continue to play. And, and I think that's something that's really lacking in our society. And that's partially why uh, many adults stop playing they, they don't have, they don't have the opportunity to go play. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and, and, and it doesn't feel right. Like when I love to ask um, people 40 and over or, or almost any age, but three of my favorite things are what did you play as a child? What are you playing now? And what do you dream of playing? And um, I, I think if you think about what you played as a child, you may be able to pick up some of those things again. Like people tell me they bike ride. And I said, well, why don't you go get a bike? Oh, no. You know, I don't know if I'd ever ride. I said, Rent one for a while. Take, go to yes. a bike store and say, hey, I, I'm thinking about getting back into biking. They're, they'll let you take it out for a while because they know you're in, you're end up buying it. Right. That's all it takes. Yeah. <laughs> if they're smart, I, I would think they would come up with something like that well, but 
Yeah, um, that's how I got into roller derby. I mean, it's sort of a convoluted way, but I I grew up roller skating recreationally, like as a kid, free play roller skating. I lived on a cul-de-sac. Where, I just roller- where did you live in or grow up? If you I grew want. up in the uh, San Jose in the Bay Area, California. Oh, okay. okay. So I grew up in a suburban neighborhood where you know, I lived in a cul-de-sac and I would just skate around in circles in, in my cul-de-sac on my little 80s skates. And I always <laughs> loved skating. And then I moved to Los Angeles um, in the early 2000s and I didn't really know anybody. And so I went online at the time it was Craigslist and found an ad for a brand new roller derby league, a women's roller derby league. And I was intrigued. I was like, I love skating. I'm going to check this out, even though it was kind of scary to go to them. I didn't know what to expect, but, but that's just it. It's like finding that connection from what you loved to do, what you always loved to do naturally as a kid and finding ways to do it now at the level you're at now or whatever that means for you now. Yes. Yes. I, I love the socialization of playing with people. Like when I arrived today at the tennis court, there were, there already were six, seven people there. Hey, Pat, hi, you know, everybody and I say hi back. And then next thing, you know, we were warming up to play some doubles and then we rotated so different people could play with different folks. And I, I just can't believe that it's half mile, three quarters of a mile from me. Mm -hmm. And, such fun people. Um, right. Uh, I feel so lucky. I, I would drive all around the DC area, Maryland area to play competitive tennis for, for years. And, and, and for the most part, I enjoyed it, but I really, Robin, I don't want to play with anybody that cheats. I'm not saying that people, all people cheat in tennis. Cause that's far, definitely not true, but I, I just, didn't enjoy it as much. Um, I, I really want to have, have fun. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to. It's like, you know, you're at an age, you've got limited free time. You want to enjoy what you're doing. Like ultimately you want to, you want to enjoy what you're doing. And that's, that's, that's what you're trying to help people find. That's what I'm trying to help people find is activities that, that light you up and you enjoy doing and make you feel good. Um, so, uh, now that we're kind of moving out of, of the pandemic. Uh, Can I share a couple things uh, for your listeners? Yes, Rob? please, please. Because well, I think they, they would really benefit from them. On our website, Let's Play America, that during the pandemic, one of the best things we did was we made great lemonade out of the lemons thrown at us. We couldn't have um, public gatherings and play events. So we wrote play day handbooks. And, and they're really reasonable and the feed, feedback we're getting is incredible. So uh, it's, you receive it, it's digital and, and it's not much. And right now you can get the two for almost the price of one. <laughs> and so um, I, I, I tell people that it's not, not so much for the money, way more for what you would gain from it. You could, you could literally then make a a play day for your family or your neighborhood or your, your coworkers or place of worship. It, it doesn't matter. Um, or you could go big time and, and make one for the San Francisco area. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And uh, also, um, my second children's book is coming out this year. And I know you might say, well, Pat, this is for people 40 and older. Well, you may have young children in your life. Yeah. Or you, may, you may want to also uh, get a book and give it to a preschool or a library. And, and this book is called Let's Play Outside. And, and, and who knows, uh, the, it's photographs of children playing with uh, brief text in it. Uh, so uh, the first book, I have the remaining books that publisher closed that was called Let's Play at the Playground. And people have told me they, it, they use it as a coffee table book. <laughs> so that's so uh, cool. And I, I love this. I love this concept because, you know, you can introduce this book, read this book to your kids and maybe come up with ideas on how you can play together. Yes, that that um, the the handbook for the Playday handbook, the original first one, has over fifty different activities. For example, one Playday, a Girl Scout uh, was going for her top honor, and she wanted to create an obstacle course at the Playday. And I said, how cool, that would be great. And I, I remember even doing it and, and loving it. And, and I saw other adults and children, you know, different, uh, all ages seem to give it a shot. So, um, and people really um, uh, will, will be amazed at, oh, wow, I never thought of this, or I could, I could do that or this. Or <laughs> I like that it's, it's, full with, it's filled with ideas. So, you yes. know. That could be a problem when people are, you know, as we age, it's just coming up with like, how, like, great. Yes. I understand that I should play. What yeah. am I going to do? And so you're like, here's this handbook. I have tons of ideas for you. Just go, you know, start checking them off. Yes. Or pick the ones that you like the best. Yes. Uh, the, the other uh, thing is we, I write a column. It, there was a magazine called the Playground Magazine for 20 years, pandemic, they lost funding. Well, it's called playgroundprofessionals.com. And my, my column's called Ask the Play Lady. So uh, on our website under uh, play resources, there's a whole bunch of different organizations that are resources that can help you um, so there's a lot on there that if um, someone's saying, hmm, I'm listening to this, I'm 45 years old, you know, I haven't been playing, I've been just working and raising my family, or, or you know, maybe you're single and you just want to get back out there, but you don't know what you want to do. We got the ideas. You, you, got, <laughs> you got them covered. And that's, that's perfect, especially in this time where people might even feel an additional level of awkwardness in getting yes. back out into the world again. And it's yes. like just making it as easy as possible to come up with ideas or ways to, to get up, get moving, have fun, connect people in a time where you haven't been connected in a really long time. Uh, this is a way, this is a way to do it. Oh yeah. I love it. I love it. So you've, you know, is, is it let's play America.com? Uh, yes. Okay, good. <laughs> and it yeah. sounds like everything is there, everything you could possibly need. Actually, dot .org, but .org. They, both, they both work. <laughs> okay. Then it, it leads to the, it all leads to the right place. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Okay. Um, so, um, you know, aside from the resources on your website, I would yes. love to ask like, okay, can you give, you know, two to three quick tips for, to help adults get more play in their life? Like if they could do something right now, uh, do you have some advice that you could give? Yes. 
first would be to choose to go outside. And okay, is there a playground walking distance from you? Go and swing. When is the last time you went to a playground and just right? <laughs> did a swing? Adults are allowed to swing, right? Oh yeah, a playground. Yeah, yeah. And um, and, and you know, if you get looks, say come join me. <laughs> right, right. Maybe, maybe they're looking because they just feel scared to to actually get on there with you. But yeah, right. why not? Right. Um, the other the other thing outside is um, inviting a family member, a neighbor, a friend to go for a playful walk. And you might say, well, what's a playful walk? Well, you talk about something fun for a while. What have you been reading? Did you uh, watch any movies recently? You know, uh, what do you like to play? Uh, And then if I can, let's go indoors a minute. And uh, when is the last time you've set up a puzzle? Or do you have a deck of cards? Like teach yourself a new card game. Look at look up Kings in the Corner. You know, um, ask family members or friends to have games night. Yeah, have your own games night, Robin, where uh, people that you're comfortable with, everybody's been vaccinated, and you all decide to say, okay, uh, we we each get to choose a game that we want to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, some people absolutely love trivia. I'm horrible at it, or I was <laughs> horrible at Scrabble, but I'll play. Yeah. yeah. And that, that, oh, that's another point I want to bring up. You want to make, help someone feel better, play something they want to play with them. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, do what they want to do and, um, and you will, you'll feel better because you'll help them feel better. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Um, And I think we're, you know, we're reaching a stage where we can start doing more and more of that stuff. And so just kind of reconnecting with the idea of, of games night and doing puzzles and playing cards and getting out and walking with friends. And and I like, I like your point of like playful walk. So we're not talking about work. We're not talking about, you know, struggles. We're talking about, you know, hobbies. We're talking about interests. We're talking about play. We're talking about things that make us happy. Yes. So just like, just having that time that, you know, I, I liken it to, it's like, it's recess. It's adult yes. recess where when kids go out on recess, they're not talking about schoolwork on the playground. You know, they're not talking about also, homework. I also recommend to go walk outside your door. Try not to get in a car or get on the bus um, unless you get on your bike. Right, <laughs> um, right. So it, so that you are being physically active from the get-go, from you walk out your door and maybe maybe you go to the drugstore and buy a box of sidewalk chalk and, <laughs> and, and then you find a, black, a blacktop area and you draw something really playful. Uh, at the end of my driveway, we've painted a hopscotch board. Almost daily, we see someone stop and and hop on the hopscotch board lots of times it's kids but sometimes it's a family sometimes it's it's teenagers sometimes it's adults it's so much fun to see i think it reminds me i saw something on the internet of someone someone who drew a really elaborate hopscotch on their driveway and had a camera set up oh wow watched you know people from the neighborhood the mail carrier yes go through their their hopscotch and I saw a video of it and I just thought that's so neat and I, I love that it's like it it engages and connects people in the neighborhood or just makes somebody else smile 
just this little thing makes somebody else smile and that feels good. Oh, oh, it does. It, it, it really does. Um, I, well, well, people know that I, um, neighbors know their children and, and the adults are allowed to play in our yard. Uh, my mother-in-law was visiting. She got bored watching us play poker. I said, oh, there's a ball game going on in the backyard. And she took her walker and looked out the window and watched them playing ball. I guess that's more fun than watching us play cards. Right. You know, the other day I, I just moved to San Diego and I live in this complex and I, my office that I'm in right now overlooks a parking lot. And the other day I saw a few young girls roller skating in the parking lot. Whoa. And I'm, you know, I'm here, I'm working and I thought, well, you know, it'd be more fun to go skate with them. Because I'm a skater, I have skates and yeah. everything. And I, you know, I even went on social media. It's like, should I keep working or should I skate with the local kids? And every single person's like, well, you're gonna go skate with the local kids, right? Yeah. And so, you know, but it was a, it was a weird thing for me. I'm like, I don't know them. Is that okay? And I just decided to go out. They were with their grandma, and I, I was like, you know what? I'm a skater. I have skates. You know, would it be okay if I came out here? And she said, yeah. And so I just, I grabbed everything and I spent 30 minutes skating with these little girls. I didn't know, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> and you know, it's like, it made everybody smile. It made everybody, it made me happy. It made them happy. Oh, and I can just, only imagine yeah. because you're, you're probably so skilled that they were in awe and maybe they picked up a couple yeah. tips. Oh, and- the, the grandmother is like, show them some stuff. What do you have? And so I was <laughs> like, here's how I go backwards. Here's how I jump off a curb, you know? Oh <laughs> so, my God. So yeah, they got to see me do skills. And then I just, you know, the other day I went out to get the mail and they were like, hi, Robin. So now they, all, now they all know. So me. now you have these new young friends. Now I have oh. these new young friends. So you just never know what play will do and how that will bring, bring joy into your life, bring people into your life and bring joy into other people's lives as well. So I, just, oh, yes. I love everything about it, Pat. So uh, <laughs> as we get ready to wrap up, can you remind everybody how people can learn about you and how people can bring more play into their lives or how you can make it easier for them to bring more play into their lives. Oh, sure. I'd be glad to. So I, I have the easiest email I've been told the play lady at gmail.com. And if you, if you can't remember that you can have info at let's play america.com uh or dot org oh i (laughs) (laughs) Uh we'll definitely confirm that in the show notes and make sure the right information's in the yes it's on the website uh and um and um you can reach out to me for consulting uh we can uh we we definitely i'm willing to talk to people and you can make a donation or even just reach out to me in an email and, and we'll go from there but um uh so more play in your lives first off you have to say to yourself i deserve to play and then ask yourself really what would i like to play and then um write it down and and give yourself when can I do it? And, and just make, make a point to go and do it. You know, I, I was preparing for this today and, and doing some other uh, things on my to-do list. And I said, I am not missing my 10 o'clock tennis. And I didn't because I know, I know it made me feel better. And I know that I would enjoy seeing my friends and I would be getting physical activity and relieving stress. So it, all these good things are going to happen to you when you play. 
So I hope all the people listening to this not only will give themselves playtime, but then be play advocates. And when you talk to other family members and friends and neighbors, tell them, tell them the story, tell them about us and, and say, you know, uh, you deserve to play. You deserve to play. Let's spread, let's spread the play advocacy, as you said, um, but let's spread, it's the power of play. I like to say, yes. let's spread that. Let's make it, let's make it a thing everywhere. And let's play America.org is the website, correct? Oh, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh. I want to make sure people know where to find it. That's where you can find uh, the play day, uh, which is what's the date of that again? Uh, that's June 5th. Soon on the website, you will be able to um, sign up. There will be free eBright. Am I saying that Eventbrite? right? Eventbrite? Eventbrite? Yes, Eventbrite. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. what it is. And my assistant sets that all up. Oh, I, I wanted to share that we also have shop and play on the website. So if you want a Let's Play America t-shirt or hat or sweat jersey, or um, uh, you can even buy a, uh, uh, a canvas bag. Uh, there's all kinds of things, which I think um, you know, it's fun to put on your play clothes and go out and play. That's right. Cause we, yeah, that's a thing we had when we were kids too. We had our play clothes that, oh, our Oshkosh bagosh. Yes. <laughs> we need our grown up Oshkosh bagosh. Oh, <laughs> Come back well, with holes in the knees and grass stains and all that. Oh, 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 all, all of that. But you know, they, they felt so good that that was really why I've chosen my two professions, teaching and coaching and becoming a play advocate, uh, comfortable clothes. <laughs> I mean, it's really what it's all about. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So uh, before we go, I always ask this, this is the last question I always ask everybody. Um, if you could leave us with one parting piece of wisdom, what would that be? Parting piece of wisdom. Everyone deserves to play. I figured it would be something like that. <laughs> everyone deserves a play so I hope coming out of this we all have ideas of how we want to play when we're going to play and, and you said a lot of the same things that I tell you know my training training and coaching clients it's like decide on a thing decide when you're going to do it and then do it like it's really about that stop thinking about doing it and do it and yeah. so you know that's that's it sounds like we're on a similar wavelength with that. So yes, let's get more people playing. Pat, yes. thank you so much for reaching out to the Season Athlete podcast um, and sharing your mission with us to get more people playing uh, at all ages from children all the way to their 90s. And hopefully you'll meet someone in their hundreds soon, you and I both. Um, but thank you for, for sharing that and um, creating these opportunities for people to get out and play. It's so, so important and so, so necessary. So thank you again for being on the Season Athlete Podcast. You're welcome. Have a playful day. Have a playful day. I love it. If you have dreams of achieving bold athletic and fitness goals like the seasoned athletes you listen to on this podcast, a key part of doing that is a consistent fitness program and routine. And if that's something that's just not happening for you right now, I can help you get it going again. It all starts with your first five days. Your first five days is a free mini challenge that's all about setting that foundation to get you back into your body, your energy, and your confidence with simplicity and ease. Each day during your first five days, you'll get a mini audio training that you can listen to while you move. You'll get simple tips and action steps you can use to make fitness a part of your everyday life in a way that doesn't feel heavy, hard, or stressful. Where you go from there? 
Well, the sky's the limit. For now, though, start with your first five days. Get it for free at robinleggett.com slash five.